Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Welcome to Mamma Mia Out Loud, what women are talking about three times a week. And today, it's COVID-free Friday, or is it? More of that later. But first, I'm Holly Wainwright, and I'm really looking forward to crap cocktails around my fire pit tonight when I'm done with all you people. I'm Mia Friedman, and I'm looking forward to everyone hearing my interview with Jessie's favourite person right now. It's mindset expert Ben Crow, and I've interviewed him because Jesse told me to, Yep. on No Filter on Monday. Oh, I cannot wait. It's going to change everyone's lives. We're going to be manifesting. We're going to have goals. It's pretty good. I, just, oh I was a bit cynical, but it's pretty good. Oh, he's so yeah. good. I'm Jesse Stevens, and I'm looking forward to having a bar tonight in what is an inflatable $50 eBay bar that I bought on the internet. So that's my night sorted. Cannot wait to talk about your DIY bar. I'll be taking questions. Oh, my God. On the show today... Jesse is going to tell us how to appear smarter in meetings and we're going to break a rule that we only made last week. We may have already given you a clue about that. But first, some very important news. Mia. Abba is back. Woohoo! I'm excited. Jesse, were you even born when they left? I don't think you were. No. To me, Abba's okay. always been... Mamma Mia. The... We've had to sing that at so many live shows yeah. and I'm like... 12-year-old me is so cringing. But this is like the one song my dad knows. So when he's got his iPhone or whatever and he's downloaded one song, it's always like Money, Money, Money by ABBA. Oh, yeah. And That's he just sings to it. It's, Take oh. a chance on. I can't remember the words. Uh, they have released their first new music in four decades. So ABBA used to be two couples, Agnetha and Bjorn and Benny and... Frida. Frida. Oh. And are they Swedish? Yeah. Yeah. And they're not together anymore. They've all divorced. But they took a break in the spring of 1982 and now they've said they've decided it's time to end it. It's actually quite a funny statement. So they've done this new album. It's called Voyage. Can you imagine how much money has been thrown at them over the last 40-odd years with a world tour? Like, honestly, they could have raked it in and they've said no, 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 no. They've said no. And now they've said yes. <laughs> and they went into the studio to have a little practice, I think, and they accidentally wrote a whole new album. Oh. Look, it's not great. <laughs> it's going to be released on November 5. And, uh, yeah, they're also doing a virtual concert where this is hilarious – they are being de-aged by technology. So you don't have to look at them as they are now because I think they're in their 60s or even their 70s. They must be in their 70s actually. But they look younger and I assume they sound younger too because probably their voices are going to be put through a whole filter. Imagine needing a special effects company (laughs) to make you look palatable to people because people can't even cope with the fact they're old. These four people I Googled 
were born during the Second World War <laughs> and we want them to look 25. So there's <laughs> Boomers. there is demanding. a company that has been hired to be like make them not look like they were born <laughs> during the Second World War. They had that thing recently with Paul McCartney where he was de-aged yes, and he was like, in a video. Why are we doing it's that? It's a thing now. It's because technology erases all our discomforts and we've always felt a little bit awkward about seeing ageing pop stars slash rock stars. You just have to think of like the Rolling Stones or whatever, like strutting it around the stage looking older. So technology has fixed it for us like they've fixed so many other things that we used to feel a bit icky about. In case you haven't heard their songs, they've released two new singles ahead of this album and here's a little taste. I still have faith in you. I see Jesse, I'm going to make you sing this at the next Mamma Mia Out Loud live show. I wanted a bop. I have to say, I wanted it to be a bop. I'm going to say something really mean, which is that it sounds like a song they wrote 40 years ago and didn't release or like was sort of. From the vault, like Taylor is doing. Yes, and it even the quality of the music sounds that (laughs) archaic also. If you work in an office setting, whether you're working from home or not, you're probably still having lots and lots of meetings. Some of us are doing them via Zoom or Google Hangouts or Teams or whatever. Others, they're still at schools or maybe they're still in hospitals or offices all over the country and meetings are the bane of our existence. And I came across this article that went viral actually quite a few years ago by a woman named Sarah Cooper who is now a comedian and author. And her career started with this story called 10 Tricks to Look Smarter in Meetings. And I'm going to tell you both a few because God knows you need them. I've been in a lot of meetings with you both. <laughs> You're burning out. You've so true. true. Especially Mia, who does I, not do well in meetings. No, I just like to put my makeup on in meetings. Yeah, you tune out a little bit. Yeah, I do. Okay, number one. When someone uses a technical term, ask them to explain what that means for everyone else. So you say, I'm not sure everyone here knows what refactoring means. Do you want to explain it to the team? <laughs> and what that means is I don't understand. I don't understand. I'm not admitting that yet. No, no, no. But just for everyone, I'm just across everyone's <laughs> knowledge level and it's not as high as mine or yours. Number two, put sticky notes on your laptop screen. Makes you look busy, makes it look chaotic. Sounds like something you'd do, Maya. Do you mean like write on sticky notes and yes, then... post-it notes uh, oh, to okay. kind of have like two o'clock? Oh, this is if you're in an in-person in-person meeting. In-person meeting, yes. Oh, okay, so because really I was going to say it doesn't really on work on Zoom. Number three, ask if you're conflating two issues. It makes you sound smart. It doesn't matter if you can even name the issues. You're halfway through a meeting. You've been there for thirty minutes, and you just unmute yourself or you put your hand up and you go, "Are we conflating two issues here?" And then just and then mute yourself again again and go and make your lunch. Oh, that's so good. And that brings me to another smart question that we all need to ask. Yeah. Will this scale? Will this scale? Will this scale? A product has to scale. Will this idea scale? Will this idea scale? Will this spreadsheet scale? Will me a scale. Yeah. We don't know. I've no asked one... myself that question. Don't actually joke. We have that's <laughs> that's the question. Many times. We've asked that a lot question. of this business. That's that you and Jason comes up all the time. Dirty talk. That's you, you and Jason <laughs> just being like, will this scale? Will this scale? <laughs> so true. Oscillate. This is actually a Mia Friedman special. Oscillate between agreeing and disagreeing very passionately. <laughs> it makes you look hyper engaged. So Mia's it's in a meeting true. and she'll go, great idea, best idea I've ever heard. 
oh, that would never work. And it just makes her About the same idea sometimes. Always. (laughs) Also, translate percentages into fractions. So if someone says 25% of our readership really like this, just unmute yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's about one in four. (laughs) (laughs) Mute yourself. Holly and I can't do that because we don't have the skills. That's hard, man. I could never do that. But But Mia, you might be able to do that. I'm quite good at maths. Encourage everyone to take a step back. Oh my! I do that all the time. You love it. Just step take back. a step back and think, like from much. the beginning. Do we? I do that all the time. I sometimes say, "Let's just get in the helicopter and take a bird's eye view of this." So that's an you analogy. Do. Step back. Yeah, that's you love yes. an analogy. Yeah, take notes in your notebook, but only write down every third word someone is saying because <laughs> you're not really following. That could help keep me focused. Yes, just like yeah. could focused. Yeah, me our bird. <laughs> Repeat what someone smart just said, but more slowly. And then people will attribute the smart thing to you. Okay, so let's act that out. I'll just okay. be like, look, I just don't think we're well resourced enough for that. I don't think we are well resourced enough for that. <laughs> Men have been doing this. Jesse is so clever. So Jesse is so I know. Clever. And I've just like taken me as Halo. And then I'll just go, you're right, Jesse. <laughs> Great point. Well said. This one, also a Mia Friedman special. Oh, God. Ask the presenter to go back a slide. I love that. <laughs> Mia. Could you please go back a slide? That just Can we just go back a slide? <laughs> Do you know why? Because it makes it seem like you're really paying attention and there yes. was something that you just wanted to... Clarify. Clarify. And actually you don't know what anyone's talking about. No. Because <laughs> you haven't been listening for the last and 15 minutes. And it's almost minutes. like I want more. Yeah. I just want more of can the last slide. Can you just go back a slide? And then you kind of ponder, stroke your chin, and mm. then go, okay, yep, all right, let's keep going. <laughs> also, ask at the end, this is the last one, ask at the end of the meeting if someone is going to email a summary because you care about meeting notes but you don't personally have <laughs> the capacity so to write them. And don't ask a woman, though, because if no. there's a meeting of people, I've noticed this happened before, someone will ask the woman, the woman. one of the women in the meeting Can to do it. Can you just send through those notes? Yeah. Who? here has ever read a meeting note. I get sent them constantly and I've never I don't open the email. I don't read the message. I'm like, oh it's there, I'm across it. Another word way to do that is to say, can someone summarize those action items? Yes, I was gonna say action <laughs> items action are items another are oh. action items, a hundred percent. So let's recap the action items and then ask someone and else to recap them. them. I've been obviously in lockdown with my partner and I've learned a lot of these from him because we have to take meetings next to each other. One thing I've seen him do is that he will be on mute, then unmute just to say, yep, I agree, and then go back onto mute and finish his lunch <laughs> just to go, I'm engaged. Uh, one that I've actually done, and I Holly does it too, Mia, I don't know, you're always late, but Holly and I are great mm-hmm. at this one. You come to a meeting seven minutes late. Mm-hmm. Always. You pop up and you go, sorry, sorry I was just on another call. And you look always. frazzled. Crack your neck, do some stretches, lean yeah. back, messy hair. Yeah. You've just been running from call to call. So yeah. true. Because you're so important. S- so busy, so important. I watch Luca stroke his chin as he often does and look into the distance. He always looks out the window like he's thinking about something and then he'll kind of pop in and go, just throwing this out there. And then he'll say something quite dumb, but he prefaced it with just throwing this out there so you can't really <laughs> criticise him. And the last one I wanted to bring up, 
Holly, I don't know if you've realised this, but I've picked what Mia's is when we're in the out loud pre-production meeting and Mia's lost focus, you and I can tell, everyone can tell, Mm. but she has to go, no, 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 I need everyone to know I'm engaged and I'm listening. What she'll do, so for example, for this, we'll go, Mia, we're going to talk about meetings and you'll go, can we find a grab of that? Can we find a grab? (laughs) For every news story or like the Royals, you'll just go, let's get a grab. What you're doing is giving someone else a job. Yeah. But you think you like the word grab? Yeah, I do. We need a grab. <laughs> we need, and so a grab means a little bit of audio that's not us. And what it makes it look like. So is like that ABBA song, for example. No. <laughs> that yes, was, exactly. yeah, let's get a grab. That was, that was me saying, can we, in, to, saying to producer Liza this morning, can we get a grab? Let's and get a grab. you know what? It's your way of going, not only am I a host, I'm producing. I know. I'm it's a terrible. Producer. Holly, what I, do you do? Look, I wish that I'd known all these tricks because I do do quite a lot of them because the cardinal sin of a meeting is to be busted, not listening. And in remote meetings, that's even easier to do. And I do it all the time. And it's not that I don't care and it's not that I'm not interested, but, you know, you're literally sitting there with all your distractions in front of you and you're like, oh, that email, oh, that message, oh, that thing. And then you pop up and unmute and say something that somebody said two minutes before. Oh, that's and then you feel like an enormous dick. I do that all the time in the editorial meeting in the morning. Same. But when I read this list, I realised... I've kind of given up on pretending to appear smart. In fact, I was in a senior meeting this week. Mia was in it. And your sister, actually, Jessie, was meant to be in there presenting some slides and she couldn't be because she was doing something with you, right? And ordinarily in that situation, I would present her slides for her and go like, yes, yes, I know all these things. Yes, I do. But... (laughs) This week my life is a garbage fire like everybody else's. So we start the meeting and these slides come up and it's like, Holly, do you want to speak to Claire's slides? And I'm like, well, you see, I think what that one is. And then within three seconds I just went, you know what? I've got no fucking idea what any of these slides are about. I haven't been in the meetings I was meant to be in this week. I I can't talk to the slides. And it was so endearing. I think everyone felt really relieved. (laughs) Like really relieved. And I'm with you, Hol. I only have two speeds. I'm either early for a meeting or I forget that it's even on and I don't turn up. See, Holly, what I would do in that situation as someone who has studied how to appear smart in meetings is I would have just exited the call and just been like, internet problems, it's out, I'm out, I'm out for the afternoon. And then try. Sorry, what? What? No, sorry, what? No. Exactly. And then try and connect on your phone but have drilling in the background and be like, you know what? I'm not going to do this to you and then just leave for the afternoon. I was in a meeting before this call that was a very important, like it was with an external person, which are always the more important meetings mm. you have to really be on. <laughs> the dog pushes the door open as she does every day at the moment. <laughs> Brent comes rushing into the room like all like, oh, and this important person's face is like looking confused. And I just muted for a second. I just said to Brent out of the corner of my mouth like a ventriloquist, Go the fuck away. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> and then I unmuted myself and I was like, yes, I know. Yes, it's very important. Yes. like It's so true because there's a difference between being on meetings with your work colleagues who have all pretty much seen each other's partners naked, yeah. children in various states of undress, dogs, delivery people, whatever. But when you're on with an external, there's still a semblance of I need to appear that <laughs> like I have my shit together. together. <laughs> Hello, this is Jess calling for Mamma Mia Out Loud. In particular, 
little old Holly Wainwright. Um, I'm just calling to say a huge thank you for recommending Ted Lasso. It, I don't normally take people's recommendations on shows at the moment because my moods change all the time. I never know what I feel like, but that was just such a huge injection of positivity and happiness, and it was the show I didn't know that I needed right now. So thank you, Holly. You're a legend. Bye, girls. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. So it's COVID-free Friday and it's only our second go at this. (laughs) You asked us. Can we have COVID-free Fridays? We said yes. Yes. And now, well, we're backflipping. We're letting you down. We're letting ourselves down. We're, we're letting everybody down because, honestly, when we fault, were deciding, though. it's not. It's not our fault. When we were deciding what to talk about today, there was a topic that we couldn't stop discussing. We've been sharing in our group chat for more than twenty-four hours, and it's a story, a COVID story, I'm afraid, about one of Jesse's favourite problematic white men, yep. Joe Rogan. Now, if you don't know who Joe Rogan is, he describes himself as stand-up comic, mixed martial arts fanatic, psychedelic adventurer. But actually, he is the host of the Joe Rogan Experience, which is arguably the most listened to podcast in the world. It reaches tens of millions of people. He has legions of really, really devoted followers. He's got more than 13 million followers on Instagram. And he is reportedly worth upwards of $100 million. And that's an important thing to note because this week, he, like other problematic rich men before him, not least one of them being called Donald Trump, claims to have bought himself out of COVID. So on his podcast in the past, Rogan has questioned the need for mass vaccination. He's American, needs to, it should go without saying, but he's in America, which, you know, has had a few issues with COVID, to say the least. He has said that the young and healthy don't need to get it. And he's also made a lot of claims about the futility of lockdowns. But this week, he released a video announcing that he himself had COVID. This is what he said. And throughout the night, I got fevers and sweats and I knew what was going on. So I got up in the morning, got tested, and turns out I got COVID. So we immediately threw the kitchen sink at it. All kinds of meds, monoclonal antibodies, uh, ivermectin, Z-Pak, uh, prednisone, everything. Uh, and I also got an NAD drip and a vitamin drip. And I did that three days in a row. Why not just take now, the vaccine, Joe? You I seem know, right? fine with putting all <laughs> kinds of things in your body, not you least of which home are psychedelics. Well, and ivermectin is sheep pesticide. It is. So people are very upset about this, mostly because all those medications he just reeled off are not approved for treating COVID either in the US or here in Australia. And in fact, ivermectin 
is usually used to treat animal parasites, but is occasionally used on humans to do the same thing. It's incredibly dangerous. In the US, people have been injecting themselves with it. And in Australia too, Westmead Hospital has reported people presenting with symptoms and there's actually now a national shortage of this drug because people are stockpiling it. So with all that in mind, Jesse Stevens, just how dangerous is your mate, Joe Rogan? I have a soft spot for white men on podcasts. I've said it before. I just think sometimes they make good points. And Joe (laughs) Rogan, sometimes I agree with him. I agree with 70% of what he says about things. This is certainly in the 30% that I don't. I was speaking a few weeks ago about this great podcast he did with a woman who escaped North Korea and he got onto the subject of lockdowns and he's very anti-lockdown and basically he made a comparison between lockdowns and North Korea that was incredibly uncomfortable and logically flawed. But I was so cranky when I saw this video. I watched the whole thing and I went to a few of my friends who are big Joe Rogan fans and I just went, I'm very cranky at Joe Rogan today. I'm cranky because he has 13 million followers. A lot of people live by his, you know, mantras and and the way he sees the world. He he is smarter than this. Like No, he's not. He just well clearly he's not, but he listed off He's taking sheep six pesticide. or seven drugs that he used fire and at home drip, which is a problem. And he said that he used them for, for three days. So there's a few things. The first is that you don't know if any of those things worked. Maybe one of them worked. Maybe it was the vitamins. Maybe it was because you actually got a really mild form of COVID. I mean, COVID doesn't kill everyone. It's most people recover from COVID. Exactly. And what we also know about COVID is that you can get quite sick, get a bit better and then crash. So really easy for him to say after like three or four days, guys, I'm feeling great because of all these things I injected. Like, come on, you know a little bit about scientific and medical theory and how you can't really point any direct lines between whether this ivermectin worked or not. And it's incredibly dangerous because people are using it in large quantities. It makes you really, really sick. For some people, it can be lethal if you take too much of it. Doctors, the FDA in Australia, they're saying, please, please don't. This is not a good idea. And it is a classic case of someone thinking they are just smarter than all the doctors. And that makes me really, really grumpy. And he said, if you are a young person, you do not need the vaccine. If you are young and you are healthy and you eat well and you exercise, you don't need it, is what I think. He said on his podcast to tens of millions of people. And that's, look at Sydney. That's not true. We've got young, healthy people who have dropped dead from COVID. And he knows he's got a big platform. You've got to be so careful. There's a, you know, a real responsibility there to the people he's speaking to. And I am very let down. I think we have to have a bit of context. Do you remember when the President of the United States suggested injecting bleach? Mm. <laughs> like, and also, like, like, cut, from the, that's another one. <laughs> cut from exactly the same cloth in that, you know, like Joe Rogan, when he says we threw the kitchen sink at it, he means him and his team of private physicians. Yeah. Just like the President of the United States. Remember when he came and waved on the balcony? It's like this hyper-masculine, I can defeat this. Like, oh. Anyway, and the privilege. Sorry. I have a question. Does Joe Rogan sell supplements and vitamins? 
No, not that I know of. Are you sure? I know he endorses them in the yeah. ads on his podcast. What I'm interested to know is what his reasons are for not getting the vaccine because it's like the vaccines have been tried and trialled and tested and retested and double-blind tested to make sure they're safe and he doesn't want to have that but he's happy to try all this experimental stuff. I just don't understand. Like I actually don't understand. This experimental thing is just becoming more and more radical and it's a distrust of the medical system which in some ways is is valid and he's one of those people who thinks if we listen to what the culture told us then we would eat too much and we'd drop dead of diabetes at 30 blah 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 like that's what he's thinking and he's very much in the Jordan Peterson vein everyone look after yourself look after your own health which is very American. Which is mm. very, very... Even though I know that Jordan Peterson isn't except, American, but Joe Rogan is sorry. the most American person. It's kind of American, except for in Texas, where it's not about look after your own health. It's, we're going to take charge of your bodies if you're a woman who is pregnant, but don't even get me started on that, well, where they've indeed. just banned abortion. So see, it's this weird hypocrisy in America where it's like, you look after yourself, good luck, I'm carrying a gun or I'm not going to get vaccinated, except when it comes to women's reproductive rights. And then it's like, well, no, we need to decide for you. What's interesting is that Joe Rogan sets himself up in opposition to the mainstream media. So my friends who love listening to him say... I turn on all other media and I know what they're going to say and they adhere to standards, I understand their standards, but they see it as a limit on freedom of speech. So they say, well, the ABC or whoever isn't going to tell me about this experimental treatment because there are too many, you know, red flags and whatever. Rules, Rules. guidelines, responsibilities, yeah. Responsibilities, whereas Joe Rogan ethics is as we say, it's the biggest podcast. How is this man not mainstream? Of course. This is always my my infuriated argument when people say the world's got too politically correct. It's like the, the kind of people who have the biggest platforms are not those people. And let's be honest, you know, for those people who are distrustful, the smartest brains in the world are trying to find treatments for COVID. There will be treatments for COVID. Mm. You know, it's not like people are going, there aren't any. It's just that none of these are proven and in fact they have been proven to be very, very dangerous. And this is why, and I know because Jesse and I always have this thing about these guys, like it's like when we went to see Jordan Peterson <laughs> together, which was a happier, more innocent time. <laughs> there were thousands of people in that room. But he represents like my least favourite kind of person, Joe Rogan. He's that alpha male with all the money in the world. They run everything, but they pretend they're outsiders. Yes. And they won't apologise for it and they have the arrogance to think they know better than absolutely everyone and it's the muscles and the health stuff and that, you know, they, they think that they're in charge and the thing that's infuriating about that is they're right, they are in charge. And so it's like for me... I can just about handle Dax Shepard, who's kind of similar, but that's because he questions that about himself all the time. But the Joe Rogans of the world, oh, they set themselves up as outsiders, but they're the ultimate insiders. That's what Donald Trump did too. He was like, you know, I'm going to come and clean the swamp. It's like, you are the swamp, dude. (laughs) You know what else I think riles you up about Joe Rogan is that implicit in what he is saying is that if you die of COVID, you've done it wrong. You're, it's your it's fault. your fault. That's exactly you're, and right. And you're weak. You're weak. Whereas I'm strong and I'm healthy and I can defeat COVID because I'm smarter than you. But everyone who's died is an idiot. That's how it feels. On 
to Best and Worst of the Week, where we are going to shine some sunshine on Friday. Now, my worst is... Oh, no, I'm sorry, everybody. It is a little bit (laughs) COVID-related. Brent's dad, so my partner's dad, is in New Zealand. He is in his 80s, and he has recently fallen and broken his hip, and he's in hospital. Now, we all know, anyone who knows anything about elderly Mm. people know that broken hips in elderly people in their 80s is never a very good Mm. thing. It's never a very good start. And he's in hospital, and he's going to be in hospital for quite a long time. Now, Brent's dad is in Auckland. Auckland is in a stage four lockdown. So he can't have any visitors and he can't have anyone come to see him. You know, as it should be, they're doing what they need to do to keep the lid on Delta over there at the moment. So Brent's one of four and three of the siblings are all here in Australia and obviously they can't go and visit. Now, that's not new news, but the other day I was looking to see what the travel exemptions were because I was thinking if things get worse with Graham and who knows, we had all planned, Brent and his family had all planned to go and have a bit of a reunion in July because obviously their dad's getting older and they couldn't because the bubble closed. Mm. The exemptions to travel, as many people who listen to this would know, but some wouldn't, is that you are allowed to get permission from the government to leave the country if you're going for business reasons. So if you're going for work, it's fine. But you cannot go for almost any compassionate reason. Strict wording on it is you have to prove compelling or compassionate reasons to be able to leave. And then the examples of that include things like a letter from a physician that declares that somebody is close to end of life and gives a time frame on that. Now, I don't want to get into the loopholes around that and everything, but just the ongoing devastation for people who are separated from loved ones at very difficult times and the seeming complete inversion of values that it is fine for you to leave the country and go somewhere else to make money or to bring some money back, but it is not okay Mm -hmm. for you to go for a reason that is actually really humanitarian and important. Or play competitive sport. Or be the wife and family of someone who plays someone competitive who, sport. A lot of get. people who are locked out of Queensland, even people who live in Queensland, who got trapped on the wrong side of the border when borders slammed shut, they're like a hundred wives and girlfriends and partners and kids of NRL players just landed in mm. Brisbane this week. And they're like, but I can't go home. I know. And it's just, oh, I mean, I know that I've talked about the pain Mm. of closed borders a lot. And obviously, I'm separated from all my family. But then this recent development in my house has just made it all the more heartbreaking. And I'm just sending all the love to everyone out there who wishes they could get close to their loved ones at the moment, but they can't for these reasons. However, my best is, as you can tell, I need to be a bit more zen, right? In my um, quest to get there, I've changed my nighttime routine. So, I always read before I go to sleep. I have to, right? I just, it's a few pages of any book is always the thing that sends me off to sleep and I love reading. But lately I've been reading a lot of novels that are probably quite close to the kind of novel that I'm trying to write at the moment and struggling with as well. And also just generally raging about the world. I'm not finding sleeping very easy until someone said to me, start listening to something instead. So start listening to an audio book that is completely unrelated. And so I've started listening to this audio book and I mentioned it very briefly on Monday, called Wintering, and it's by this British writer called Catherine May. And the premise of the book, it's a non-fiction book, is that, and you'll see exactly where this is going in a minute, but it's about enforced periods of isolation and the importance of them. So oh. it was written way before COVID. Her book is all about how in Nordic cultures and places where things have been cold, winter 
provides this quiet time where everybody bunkers down and hides from the world. And very often that's a very important time of regrowth. And she says that everybody goes through their own personal wintering. So it might be after grief or a breakup or a severe illness or, I don't know, a lockdown or, you know, a time in which everything in your life has sent you into a period of isolation and in finding the positives in that and the restorative positives in that. So I've been listening to this book because I'm trying to change my mindset from railing against the isolation that I feel at the minute being cut off from all of you guys and from my friends and family to turn it into a positive that this is a time for creativity and focusing on what matters and all that stuff. Anyway. Did she write that book before COVID? Oh, wow. Just so happened to come out at the absolute perfect time. And for her, she had a period of enforced wintering brought on by an illness. And so she talks about wintering as this concept of, you know, it might be that you've just had a baby. It might be that you've got burnout from your job and you've had to quit. And it's really interesting. Anyway, my bedtime routine now is I do what I need to do and I've done my work, whatever. And then I put my headphones on. I listen to this beautiful, beautiful book and I put on an eye mask (laughs) and I've got these little heated ones that somebody sent me that are amazing, but I'm not sure if I should recommend them yet because they might not be good for the environment. But like a little heated eye mask, I pop my earphones in, I listen to like 10 minutes of soothing conversation about why it's actually good to be separated from the world and I am drifting off into a blissful sleep. I love that. I love that. amazing. That's my best and I'll bore you all about wintering more off mic later on. Your best and worst, Mia Friedman. My worst is Texas and the Handmaid's Tale Gilead situation. And I'm just going to very briefly explain what's going on there because it's really important that all people Mm. know about this. So you might have heard that yesterday in Texas, their state parliament passed restrictive, they basically banned abortion. So they banned anyone getting an abortion after six weeks of pregnancy. Six weeks from your last period, is correct? It? So I've never been pregnant, but I would assume that it's very few women that even learn that they're pregnant before those six weeks. Exactly. So at six weeks, usually you've just got a late period. Yeah. So by the time you work out, oh, hang on, when was my last period? Then you go and get a pregnancy test. Then you do the test. Then you learn you're pregnant and then you've got to think about what you want to do. But there's no time for any of that now. So basically they've just banned abortion. And the really sick and twisted part is that there's another part of this legislature, this law, that says that it's illegal to aid and abet an abortion. So that means if you lend a woman money for an abortion, if you go with her as a support person, if you drive her, if you are an Uber driver, if you are a taxi driver that takes her to a clinic, and then any citizen can dob in that person and if you dob in that person – you get $10,000 from the state government. I didn't know that. Yep. The state then pays these misogynist snitches $10,000 and covers their legal fees. It does not cover the legal fees of the person who has to defend themselves in court, which means that clinic owners and doctors, nurses, counsellors and anyone else even tangentially involved. So, you know, Jesse, if I took you to the clinic to support you, I would be guilty of a crime And the person that reported me would get $10,000 for reporting me. So that's what's happening in Texas. Now, there are millions of women 
that live in Texas. And it is just the Supreme Court, which was famously stacked by Donald Trump to be very, very anti-abortion and very conservative. There's basically been a Supreme Court finding from many years ago called Roe versus Wade, which you may have heard. And it was like a test case that made it a constitutional right of a woman to end her pregnancy in America. But this legislature in Texas, this law has turned it over. The Supreme Court have said, we're not going to challenge it. And what we know from, I mean, every study is that women in Texas will continue getting abortions. Of course. They'll just be incredibly unsafe. Some of the, well, wealthy women can always get abortions. They can leave the state. Mm -hmm. Um, They've got contacts. They can travel. This will affect underprivileged women, women on the poverty line, immigrant women, non-English speaking women. And it's just shocking that it can happen in 2021. And that's why... I go to pro-choice rallies even as recently as two years ago when Mm. things were happening in New South Wales because you can't guarantee our rights. I know. I just can think of no greater form of misogyny than forcing a woman to become a mother when she doesn't want to. That doesn't end well for anybody. Like it doesn't end well for the kid. So anyway, that's my worst. It's really bad. My best is that Paralympian medal winners are now going to be paid the same bonus as able-bodied Olympic medal winners. And there's the most beautiful post on Instagram by Ellie Cole, a friend of the pod, who is an extraordinary athlete. I think she's retiring after these games. She just won more medals. She's, I think, our most decorated Paralympic athlete. She's a swimmer. And she got really emotional and she said, it's something we sort of have always just accepted and been upset about. But the fact that we are now going to be treated the same as able-bodied athletes just means the world to us. So that's beautiful. And the other thing that from the Paralympics that I loved is that the vision-impaired runners have a guide who runs next to them and, you know, makes noise so that they can follow the sound yes. of their voice. After one of the races, the guide proposed to the athlete. She didn't win the race, but then obviously there are a couple and he got down on one knee on the track in the stadium and proposed and it was beautiful. Um, so they're my best. I'm having two bests this week because I think that's what we need. You know, I think you did that last week. I'm really enjoying this positive twist, Jesse. Yes, look, I'm, I'm in a positive place and God knows that next week I'll come with eight worse. So let's no, try and balance it out. It my two bests. The first is the aforementioned $50 bath. So look... I live in an apartment with a shower and my favourite thing in the world is a bath. And that. Me too, Jessie. Oh, my favourite thing in the world is I a bath like too. Baths. Yeah, and you bloody have a bath, obviously. Mm, never used it. I put clothes in it. The biggest 2021 tragedy that Jessie doesn't have a bath. So I went, you know what, I'm learning about manifesting. <laughs> it's time for me to manifest myself a bath. So I... I jumped on Instagram and I said, guys, I think I'm going to get an inflatable bath. And everyone said, don't do it. It's a terrible (laughs) idea. Your floor will fall through. They're terrible. And I was like, I bought it. So I bought it. (laughs) I didn't even know they existed until I saw your thing. Is this what women give birth in when they have home births? I think maybe. Mm. A lot of people were really impressed by my innovation and creativity. And so am I. And so I (laughs) went on to eBay and I was like, inflatable, portable bath. I buy this thing. All the nice patterns were out. So this one has brown flamingos on it. And I was like, <laughs> it'll do. I love it, it comes in, I open it. The smell of toxins that <laughs> entered my household. I got a headache, but I was like, it's worth it. Luca got really angry because it's so <laughs> unsightly. And he said, don't put that together here. 
And I said, this is my thing. You have your <laughs> Xbox, whatever. I have my bath. So I unfold it. Look, there were missing bits. I don't fully understand. It didn't really stand up. But I put it together and I put it in my bathroom. And the way that my shower is, and the outlouders had to know this because there were a lot of questions like, how are you going to fill it up? My shower is quite big and it has quite a big drain. So I could just fill it from the thing up, up the top, which is what I did. So I put the bath in the shower Turned it on really hot. It worked. I got in. Did it take a long time to fill? Yeah, mm. it did. You're it, filling a bath from a shower. Yes, it took yeah. 15, 20 minutes. And the outlouders had said like, oh, your floor will fall in because you don't realise how heavy oh, stagnant weight. water is. And yeah. I was like, well, now I feel anxious in my bath. Of course. Because I was feeling really positive but then I was sitting in it like, mm. Luke is going to get about to meet the so mad downstairs when I break the floor. In the nude. He's going to get really mad. And I kind of had the um, door open and Luke closed it and he was like, I can't look at it. It's really upsetting. <laughs> so I got in my bath. No sexy times in the bath no, then. No sexy time. And Chili, the dog, was just like, what is that smell? She was sniffing around <laughs> and I was like, I don't know where in the world this came from. But anyway, and I laid down. And Could it you was- light candles around it and stuff like a... No, but I had like kind of this oil thing that I used Mm. and then I needed, it's quite high up, so I needed like a little like table next to it which had my phone and my book and stuff. So it was really luxe. And then I laid (laughs) down and read my book for a while and I just went, it's the happiest I've ever been. (laughs) Reading a book in a bath is the definition of happiness. And Holly, I am reading the book you gave me for my birthday which is um, Truman Capote. In cold, in cold blood. blood. The best book So I'm ever reading written. about a murder in my bathtub. In, in cold blood in warm water. Exactly. <laughs> and then I was like, for dinner, I'm going to have a loaf of focaccia. Yeah. So I had a loaf and I went, Good choice. what rules? I'm having a plastic bath in my shower mm. with my loaf of focaccia reading my murders. And it was just <laughs> so joyful. But now I don't know what to do with it because you kind of, it said it, you could fold it down, but you can't really. So now my shower just has like a half folded bath and I don't, Really, Are you going to use it again? I used it two nights in a row, but then I stood up and I I think I've done something to my back because you're sitting Uh, on your shower floor uh, and I think that I've done my back. And what about the chemicals? Were you sort of marinating in them? Yeah, I couldn't sleep that night because I actually felt really nauseous (laughs) from the chemicals, but I think that (laughs) it'll air out. perfect. Otherwise, perfect. Now. (laughs) Love it, love it. My other best. My cousin Simon, I mentioned him on the podcast last week. And how it was his 36th birthday in lockdown. He is in a home with other people with intellectual disabilities and they are very, very locked down in one of the most severely hit areas in Sydney. And the outlouders immediately, I got messages going, here's what you need to do. Firstly, you need to order him a takeaway coffee on Uber Eats. I hadn't even thought of that because I couldn't Genius. go they said to me, hey, let me know where he lives. If I'm in five kilometres, I'll go and drop him a coffee. The amount of women who offered that. Oh, oh my that's God. so wonderful. They were like, cameo, you should get on and find his favourite musical theatre performers and then pay for them to do like a... Record a message. Yes, all of these things. I mentioned on the show on Wednesday that um, we got a message from Lucy Durack where she sung him happy birthday. We showed him that on the Zoom Mm. that our family did and Simon just was so excited. He was so, so happy. Um, Mamma Mia sent him like these loaves of banana bread and a big thing of lollies which arrived and he just called me shouting lollies, 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 (laughs) not sharing it with anyone that he's living with, which is great. (laughs) 
And then the Outlouders jumped into the group and were like, a woman named Christy who's an Outlouder said, I want to crowdsource Simon a coffee machine because he loves his coffee, as we do. Within a couple of hours, he had a coffee machine. Oh, my God. And they are, and I've been in contact with her and she is sending it directly to him from the Outlouders saying, happy birthday, Simon. Here's a coffee machine. Please enjoy. And I just know that he's going to get his carers to make him coffee every day. Pretend it's a cafe, say, yeah. Simon, orders up, here's your coffee, and he's going to go, thank you, Mum Mia Outlatters. Oh, so that's brilliant. It has been the most beautiful week. Thank you so much for all your support and ideas. He had the best birthday ever. Very quick recommendations before we go. I wrote a story this week. I wrote a yes. story about beauty. I was pretending to be a beauty influencer because, you know, I need some escapes in my life. And I wrote a piece on Mamma Mia that was about the fact that I am nearly 50 and so far I am no bobo. That is not a judgment. That is just a fact. Mm. But I'm still vain as hell and these are all the things I use on my face. That is crammed full of recommendations. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. Loads of people have jumped in with their own recommendations, which are way better than mine, for people who maybe are a little bit older but still want to look after themselves and have that's look after themselves is the wrong term. Still just like getting happiness from putting shit yeah, on their faces. It's true. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. I love that. That's such a great story. And also I would recommend the story itself. What I loved about this whole is that as you said, there's no judgment that you're not getting Botox, but you just want there to be different options of how to look at 50. And the idea that if you don't get Botox, then it means you don't care about what your face looks like. And yeah. you're saying, no, yeah. I care. Here's what I use. I spend lots of money. Which yeah, that's right. The <laughs> I spend money. And then one very helpful out loud pointed out to me that you're always moaning about not having enough time and how you need productivity <laughs> apps. Maybe don't spend so much time rubbing shit on your face. <laughs> and I was like... Fair enough. Good point. Well made. (laughs) We'll pop the link in the show notes. It's cram full of recommendations. Have a wonderful weekend out louders. Thank you for making each other's worlds brighter and ours. That's all we've got time for. The show was produced today by the wonderful Eliza Ratliff, who is also the EP. If you want to hear more of us, and I'm sure you don't by this time, (laughs) on this glorious mess today... Andrew Dado and I talk to lots of famous dads about Father's Day. It's excellent. Cameron Dado gives his fatherhood tips, which are so different to Andrew's. And Sam Wood's on there and Colin Fastnage is on there and heaps of famous dads talk about fatherhood and what they've learned. And more from me, you can listen to Cancelled or True Crime Conversations. And more from me, you can listen to No Filter uh, on Mondays. Ben Crow. Ben Crow, amazing. Who I'm crediting for the fact that Jesse is now very positive with all this. Yeah, he fixed my head. Hey. Be more Jesse. <laughs> See you next time. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.